Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike, dancing in my Instagram stories, or cuddled up with wine watching The Real Housewives. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. <laughs> Let's get started. I have a little a little somebody that wants to say hello. Hi. Can you tell everybody your name? My name is Romy. <laughs> That's my daughter. Now she's gone. She wanted to say hi to you guys. And one more little person that wants to say hi. Hello, it's Rowdy. <laughs> Okay, y'all go play while mommy works. Love you. (laughs) Yo, 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 welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. This is your host, Brittany Crossan. How you doing? Welcome to episode 21. I'm so happy to be here with you. I am currently um, on day, we're going on day 12, I think, of this whole Corona quarantine, social distancing situation we've got going on right now in March 2020. So if you're listening to this in the future, you remember, you remember when we were all at home. And um, so my kids and I haven't been into any other building or shelter other than our own house in, well, in 12 days. Yeah. Um, We have gone outside. We have gone on car rides, (laughs) but we have not been inside any other buildings. Um, My husband has. He has been uh, having to still report to work and going through all of the health and safety precautions with that, which I'm thankful for. I'm so glad they're doing so much to take care of people. Um, And so he's, he's doing that and working hard. I already work from home. But now you just add a couple of kids and some homeschool into the mix. Piece of cake. (laughs) I really am trying to stay positive, though. You know, there's enough negativity in this situation, clearly, um, with this coronavirus mess that, you know, why why add to it? So I'm just trying to be as positive as I can, um, take care of my kiddos, take care of myself, my husband, um, make sure at least most of their schoolwork gets done and make sure my business keeps running and um, that we all stay as healthy as possible. So I hope you're doing okay. And to anyone that's not, um, first of all, I'm sorry. It's, It's a very difficult time that the world is going through right now. And I know that some of you are truly already suffering in in, in a variety of ways, and I just want to send you love and hope and support. Um, I, I will say, I got, I'm going to be real with y'all. I've had a few bad moments. I've had a few emotional moments throughout this whole deal, um, but I feel it to be pretty normal that every once in a while we might have these emotional moments or these stressed out moments because it's, I mean, this is like uncharted territory for, for all of us. In our lifetime, we haven't dealt with something exactly like this. So, you know, hey, don't beat yourself up if you have a day where uh, shit's just not going good, where you're, you're, 
your mindset is maybe not um, in in the best place, if you're having a, a day or a time where you're down and you just need to relax or rest or, you know, drink wine, <clears throat> um, <laughs> give yourself a break. And then the next day, get back up, get back in the saddle and get it done. Um, anyway, speaking of this whole situation, last week's episode, episode 20, I really focused completely on things you can do um, with social media right now during this difficult time. Um, things that might help your business during this difficult time. So please, if you haven't listened to episode 20, go back and do that. I also have been recently sharing on social media on my Instagram, which is at Brittany Crossen, and also on my, um, professional Facebook page, which is at Brittany Crossen official. And of course on the podcasts, social media, been sharing some stuff that might be helpful to you during this time when it comes to social media and online marketing. So please follow and, um, and get all that good info. Okay. Uh, shifting to a bit of a lighter note, I do want to do an iTunes review shout out because I got a really, really special review from a special person and I want to make sure and share it with you guys and give her a shout out. Um, So here it goes. Let me read it to you. I've known Brittany for a decade now, and she has always in every way been passionate about her work. As a friend and mentor, she is extremely inspiring and motivates you to dream big. This podcast is everything. It has definitely helped me start plans for my business and helped me to create the brand I want. I am in awe of Brittany's kindness, her generosity, and her talent. Thank you, Britt, for being true to yourself and helping others do the same. Much love to you, my my friend. Oh my God. I was almost like too embarrassed to read that. Can y'all tell? Like, <laughs> it is so sweet. Um, that's from an amazing gal named Brittany. <laughs> I've told y'all before I attract amazing Brittany's. I'm telling you, um, it's a thing with me. I jive well with other Brittany's, uh, <laughs> and she, and I have known Brittany for a decade and, um, Wow. How exciting to hear those awesome words from her. So let me get her, um, I'm going to get her Instagram, uh, pulled up here. Okay. Follow Brittany. She actually has two Instagrams, so you can follow her, uh, under her name, which is at Brittany Jackson. No, no, no. So let me spell it out for you. B R I T T N I J A C K S O N N. So you can follow her there and see her adorable baby pictures. Also, make sure and follow Brittany's new business on Instagram. Um, it is at the.happyhermit, um, like as in H-E-R-M-I-T. Follow that as well. She's just started it up. Show her some love. Give her some support. She's creating some really cool and really beautiful um, products, craft things, shirts, all kinds of cool stuff that she's doing. And she's really leading a great example because she's um, working out of her home while taking care of her baby and really just really has such an amazing head head on her shoulders. And she's a really, really amazing person. So follow Brittany Jackson. Okay. Oh, and one more thing before we get to today's interview, which is really, really a good one. It's very exciting. But before that, there were quite a few of you that had, um, 
been wondering about the clean crafted wine that I've mentioned before. So I'm going to give you an update on that, especially because this wine gets delivered. And right now, if you're listening like in real time in March, 2020, you know that delivery is everything right now because we're supposed to be staying away from other people. Um, and not like going into a bunch of stores and stuff. So, okay. So for those of you that were wondering, or if you've never heard of it, um, clean crafted wine is like, it's this really cool new thing in my life. (laughs) Wine is not a new thing in my life. It's been here for a while, but, um, the clean crafted wine, the cool thing is like, they don't add extra junk to the wine. It's just pure wine. So unfortunately a lot of mass produced wine has, um, like added sugars and added preservatives and all this junk in it. And unfortunately, sometimes those kinds of wines tend to give some people like certain kinds of reactions, you know, like, you know, like if somebody like maybe just has one glass of red wine and gets a headache or something and, and you just never know with all that junk in a lot of the mass produced wines out there. So they created clean crafted wine. So that way it's clean, pure, delicious wine and they have red wine, they have white wine, they even have bubbles. They even have canned wine, y'all. I'm so excited because they just came out with this, um, this, uh, this one that's like in a can. And it's kind of like, if you like that white claw, I was going to say bear claw. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) if you like the white claw, like that kind of vibe, they have one of those now that's clean. And I tasted it at this event I was at and it is so delicious. So I'm about to have some sent to my house. Um, if you, (laughs) if you want some more information on the clean crafted wine, <clears throat> excuse me, all you've got to do is go to brittanycrossoncom slash wine. Okay. B-R-I-T-N-E-Y-C-R-O-S-S-O-N.com slash wine. Um, reach out to me anytime if you want some recommendations. I've tried a lot of their wines, so I know all about that. Okay, let's get to this interview today. Um, a few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing Jordan Gross, and he is a TEDx speaker, two times, by the way. He's a best-selling author. He has this really cool um, book called The Journey to Cloud Nine. It's really unique and really inspiring, um, and it's available to order. So I think it's on Amazon, yes. But um, anyway, so Jordan shared, well, he talked, of course, about his book and just his inspiring journey from being like, you know, employee to now being an entrepreneur, which I know a lot of you guys can relate to. But he also talked about LinkedIn He because he really focuses on LinkedIn uh, when it comes to social media platforms. That's like his main one. And he really had some good insight on why he chose LinkedIn, how he uses it. He gave some good examples, some detailed stuff that you can try. Um, if you really want to dive deeper into LinkedIn, which I highly recommend it. And of course he does as well. So here's the interview with Jordan Gross and stay tuned after for the social spotlight. Today's guest is a Northwestern and Kellogg School of Management graduate, a startup founder, a two-times TEDx speaker, and a number one best-selling author. His upcoming book, The Journey to Cloud Nine, provides a new approach to the personal development world by using fictional storytelling to reveal some of life's most meaningful principles. He has been blazing new trails for people around the world, and he cannot wait to share this with all of you. And a fun fact, you guys, he wore the same sports jersey to sleep when he was a kid for over 10 freaking years without missing a day. 
That's impressive. Welcome to the show, Jordan Gross. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love the little fun fact starter. Um, it's actually, when I look back at it, it's like really telling. Um, first, I just told you before, right, about my parents were actually the key contributors to that streak. So they would come in the middle of the night if I decided to just have a sleepover somewhere. They'd bring me the shirt, be like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, and they'd trek the shirt over to a friend's house. And then, uh, yeah, it was it was a Jason Seahorn. He was a cornerback on the New York Giants, my favorite team. And I just had this superstition, like if I didn't wear the shirt, then I'd get a bad grade in school or I would, my soccer team would lose, right? So that followed me until like 10th grade. I was that superstitious and into it. So uh, it was very, very, very meaningful and impactful in my life. And it, it's sort of, uh, it's it's telling one in terms of discipline and and persistence and things like that. But two, um, I was really resistant to change a long time ago. And now I'm like the opposite. Like I love change, bring on the change, what's going to happen next kind of thing. So uh, it's a fun, it's a fun fact that's that's super, yeah, that's super, you know, you could read into it a lot. Right. Of course we can get really deep with that. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. But I do find it neat that your parents were so supportive in this mission of yours. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because again, that too, very telling of how supportive they are of the journey that I'm on right now, you know, deviating from the norm, quitting my corporate job, quitting stability, salary, things like that to be an author and a speaker and a coach. And they're, they're number one, they're the number one fans by far. And, uh, you know, they, they always have been. That that is absolutely incredible. You're really lucky to have that, and I'm sure you know that. A lot of people don't yeah. don't have that. Okay, so yeah. you just you just mentioned. Um, I, I want to get the uh, jump right yeah. in and talk yeah. about your professional journey because you're talking yeah. about quitting corporate and getting into what you do. So, um, if you will, just give us like a brief journey there on what yeah. you used to do and what you do now and how you got there. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of little touch points. Uh, I've really been somebody who has tried to experience all different curiosities in order to find what ultimately really stuck. Um, but that was way different when I was back in middle school, high school. I was kind of just going through the motions, running on the hamster wheel kind of thing where I was a soccer player and I got good grades and the societal expectation was to go to a good college and play sports and continue at that college and play sports and, you know, not go pro, just get a good job. So I got good internships and my teammates told me to go into the finance and consulting world. So I interned at an investment bank and I interned at a consulting firm and I just thought I was going to, you know, work really hard, make lots of money and then figure out my life when I was 30, 40 years old. Right. Um, so I did that and I did a good job of realizing like, I didn't love these internships, so I'm going to have to find something else. And that's when I started listening to some podcasts, reading some personal development type books, figuring out this word passion. What's my passion going to be, right? So at the time, I thought it was going to be the restaurant industry. So I started working with a couple of startup companies in the food delivery space in the restaurant world. And then I started my own startup in that world. And then I got a master's degree in management studies, and I got invited to be part of this rotational leadership management program with a big restaurant group in New York City. So I thought I was, I was doing my passion. It was a very corporate role. And like I said in the beginning, 
you know, I had a good salary and a, a stable job and I was living in New York City and it seemed like everything was going right. But very quickly, I realized that passion doesn't always equate to purpose. So I was passionate about food. I was passionate about the restaurant world, but I realized that that wasn't the work that I was supposed to be doing. Like I could can still we be take, everybody. Can you take that note? Passion does not always equate to purpose. I'm sorry to yeah, interrupt you. I think that they're is, different. That is gold. Okay. Sorry. Please go on. <laughs> yeah. And just to add to that, I think they are very different and a passion is more like that curiosity, understanding that I'm still very passionate about restaurants and, and food and things like that. It's just that sometimes you can separate your passions from your overall purpose. But what I did was I took some of the core ingredients, so to speak, from the restaurant experience. And I said, what, what, what did I love about this? What can I take away from this? That's going to lead me to more of a purpose, right? So it was more so qualities that I noticed. And it was things like adding value to other people. I love that guest interaction piece. And it was building and maintaining relationships. Again, that interaction with the, the staff that I was working with and, and the other managers and things like that. And then it was really growing something from the ground up, which I didn't really have during the restaurant experience, but I was working on something on the side, this Alzheimer's awareness group, so that I, I maintained a sense of creativity and innovation because I wasn't really getting that during the restaurant experience. So I ended up quitting about four months in. And I realized I had a series of reflections in a Word document. And those reflections were paragraphs and they were stories. And they were all about how I stayed positive and optimistic in this treacherous restaurant industry. And it was all because of my morning routine. So the first thing I did was I said, let me turn this into something that people can read. And I self-published my first book a month after quitting that job in January of 2018. And then after that, I said, what do you do when you write a book? So I did my research and I realized that you can create a, you know, a solopreneur type business out of it by coaching and speaking and consulting and writing more. So I did that. And then about a year-ish later, I was starting to think, is it time to go back to a quote unquote real job or is it time to stay with this or is it time to figure out something new? And I had this really cool chance encounter with an Uber driver. We were talking about Cloud9. And then I came up with this new concept about how to live a Cloud9 life, following the life of your dreams, living according to your purpose and, and what's going to fulfill you even more so. So that's what I've been doing for the last year. And, and that, just like my first book, is a book, a coaching program. I give talks on it. Um, and I write all about meaning and purpose and fulfillment. So here we are now. It's been a lot of different touch points, but I think I'm living according to that true purpose of really you know, trailblazing this new path for people, ultimately realizing how they can themselves figure out their purpose, just like I've done with, with my journey. Okay. First of all, that's awesome. I Thanks. loved hearing about that. I didn't know the restaurant bit. I did, I have yeah. dug I've dug through your website and everything and I knew uh -huh. the, the the Uber driver story. Um yeah. which, which followed um um a bit of a a bit of a bad time for you, right? Didn't you lose a loved yeah. one? Yeah. You just I, lost a loved one. Would you mind sharing yeah. that that Uber ride mm -hmm. story thing. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I appreciate you doing the, the research, Brittany. That's amazing. And yeah, it, it was, um, it was more, not a tough time, but more of a very introspective time. Like I said, it was that point 
in the entrepreneurial journey where it was, should I stay or should I go kind of thing. And I, I was interviewing and I had some job opportunities lined up and really opportunities that I, I, that were more fitting to what I wanted to do, you know, in the mental health space, more in, along the lines with what I was working on on my own. So they were, they were good opportunities, but there was something that was just holding me back, right? I didn't want to just go back into it. I, I think that this, this pursuit deserved more of a chance. And it wasn't until this one particular weekend where, yes, like you said, and it, it was an acquaintance from high school, but it was a 24-year-old kid. You know, I'm, I'm, it was last year, so I'm 25 now, but 24-year-old kid passed away, had a troubled childhood and just, you know, ultimately couldn't, couldn't go on. And I was talking about it with my friends on a Sunday afternoon. And usually Sundays are for football and beer and eating a lot and cursing at the TV. But <laughs> right. you know, this, yeah, this Sunday was a little bit different in that we we're talking about this experience. And then we all started talking about our own lives and our families. And we're talking about life and love and, and death and meaning and purpose and just way, way out of our norm. So something that's, that's more of my norm is when I get into an Uber, I'm going to talk to the Uber driver and I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And it's just like when I get onto the line at the grocery store, I'm going to say, how are you? And ask how the cashier's day is going, right? I, I like to make people who, especially when they seem like they have these sort of robotic, mundane, everyday tasks, I like to remind them that they're, they're human, right? But that's aside the fact. but uh, I wasn't doing that because I got in the backseat of the Uber and I was just thinking about the chat that we had at my friend's house all day long. And I was just looking out the window and as I'm looking out the window in New York city on the FDR. So in the East river, I saw a boat and the boat was called cloud nine. And without even thinking of the state of thought that I was currently in, I just kind of blurted out to the Uber driver, whoa, Cloud Nine, that's a cool name for a boat. What do you think that means? What does Cloud Nine mean to you? And he started telling me stories about the day he got married and the day he had his first kid and his second kid and the day he remembered this childlike playfulness in his life and the day he had a big accomplishment. And the more he told stories, the more I realized one, stories are what literally rule the world, you know, like stories are everything. And, and two, I realized that there was more to this Cloud Nine concept. So I started asking people what their cloud nine moments were, how they live a cloud nine life. And then I did that probably for a couple of months. And then I said, okay, it's time to take in some of my findings and share my findings. And the ultimate decision was, do I want to just write another personal development self-help book like I did with the first one? Or can I do something a little bit more creative? and appeal to maybe a different audience, not the traditional self-help audience, and create my own story. So that's what I did. It's, it's not a traditional self-help book where I just tell you what I learned, but rather I created this fictional parable in which the protagonist goes through life experiencing not so much of a cloud nine life, and then you're able to see what his cloud nine life could have looked like. And it creates the juxtaposition between a life in which you live according to your heart and your intuition versus when you live according to societal expectations and what other people want you to do. So that's the main part of the book. And then obviously we're talking about social media and that's how I've been able to grow the 
the following for Cloud9 and, and the work that I've been doing. Right. Yeah. You, um, I Just so you know, I got the book and I did start oh, reading thank it. thank you. I started reading it a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but no, I'm going to finish it. I think Amazing. It's cool. I think it's cool that you decided... Well, first of all, to act on your idea and and take action. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's um, everybody out there. When you take action, remember, like you're already a step ahead, as you all probably know as business owners. I mean, unfortunately, so many people don't. So you did that. And then you got, like you said, you got creative with it. So you write Mm -hmm. this book and you could have just written, like you said, another self-help book and you've done it before, but you made it a fiction book, right? Uh Yeah. I, I love that. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. And and in regard to the action piece, one of my good buddies, Anthony Moore, he's also a writer, just came out with a book himself. But he says, action brings clarity. And I always think about that phrase because whether the clarity is, okay, I'm taking action and I'm doing everything right, or the clarity could be, I'm taking action, I'm doing everything wrong. <laughs> Either way, when you act, you bring about a certain level of learning, right? So you're never going to learn unless you act. So that's huge. And then in regard to the making it my own piece, not going the traditional self-help route, um, two things. One, it was because I was getting a little bit overwhelmed by the self-help world myself. I was just consuming a lot, almost becoming like a self-help junkie kind of person. And that's not hard to do. do. (laughs) And there were, you know, so many contradictory opinions and advice that wasn't necessarily directed toward the kind of person that I truly was. And there was information overload that I just took a step to the side and I started reading fiction and I started reading parables and allegories and fables and tall tales. And I said, wow, this is a lot cooler, right? Because I get to make my own insights. I get to resonate with the characters. I get to get sucked in by the plot. And then at the end, I get to say, wow, I really want to be like that person from the book, or I don't want to be like the other person from the book. Um, So I like to put out what I consume. So that's what I wanted to do there. And then the other thing is that I always like to be a little bit different and carve my own niche. And especially we'll talk about LinkedIn, carving your own niche, right, is going to be super important, especially if you're trying to come out with content. So there's so many people who have amazing insights and very valuable information to share in the personal development world based on experiences and research and maybe even, you know, scientific experiments and whatnot. But um, there's this little niche that I think only a couple people have explored so far, and that's personal development through this fictional storytelling. So that's where I want to be, and and that's what I'm going to continue to do, just kind of be known for that and uh, have some fun with it as well. it's so cool. It's so interesting. And it's so smart of you. And clearly it needs to be a movie, but we can, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole other topic. I hope so. Um, okay. So let's get into the social media portion of our chat. So, okay. okay, You guys, so Jordan uses, is it maybe not only LinkedIn, but primarily LinkedIn really to grow your business, to talk about your book, to network and all of that. Right. right. So why? why? I mean, can you tell us why? Why did you choose it? Yeah, of course. So so there's always stories, right? I love storytelling. And my story was that when I came out with the first book and I was learning from everybody, having a million conversations with different people, you got to use Instagram, you got to use Facebook. Your idea is such a Twitter kind of idea or, oh, have you tried Pinterest? Nobody's on Pinterest really for book writing. What about that? 
or Quora, you know, there are these authors who really grew their following on Quora. And, uh, I did all of it and I was so overwhelmed by everything that I was just giving. I even remember I have a daily calendar where I just kind of plan out my day in like 30 minute intervals. And it was like, uh, 30 minutes for Quora and 30 minutes for Instagram and 30 minutes for Facebook. And I was giving all like all of the same energy to each platform. And it was like 15% of me per platform. And things were just growing at like 15%, which is not what I really wanted. So it wasn't until I kind of realized like, I don't like being on Instagram. I don't like being on Facebook. I don't like being on Snapchat. It wasn't Snapchat for anything like that. But anyway, um, because I, I just, you know, it's just not the platforms that I really enjoyed spending my time. I didn't like being a consumer on those platforms, which I think is super important. I didn't like the content that I was receiving on those platforms. Um, so the platforms that I did really like were Medium and LinkedIn. And Medium is for writing. So I get to really share more of my writing side because I am an author and I get to write articles and, right. and publish in certain publications. But aside from that, LinkedIn was this space where I started to interact with very positive people, very like-minded professionals, people who were promoting personal growth and, and optimism. And, you know, maybe some of it had to do with in the workplace, right? LinkedIn is at the end of the day, a place for professionals who are trying to find jobs or trying to network and things like that. But the content creators on there were, were just really the people who I wanted to be around. And I started with only a hundred, couple hundred followers, right? So I, I found the people with 5,000 followers and 10,000 and 15,000, really like the micro-influencers. And I started to learn from them. And there were people that I really liked. And at the end of the day, that's why I stayed on LinkedIn, because the people who I was following, who I wanted to be like, who are now friends of mine, were just quite simply people who I enjoyed. And I liked their content. And I liked, uh, I liked being on the platform. I, there's so many good things about what you just said. And I hope that you, all of you guys really listen to that because that was, um, I, I've talked about that before because like I said, a lot of the listeners here are um, wearing all the hats for their business and what they're right. doing. And it's overwhelming already. And then, like you said, adding on um, social media, I've, I've, I've talked about like, you know, we don't have to be everything on every platform. Yeah. And if you need to pick one, maybe two, if you really want yeah. to, whatever, um, it's better. Like you said, you're able to only give 15% here and there yeah. um, instead of really giving your all to something. And I also right. like why you chose it because that's a lot of people don't talk about that. A lot of people, um, you know, that are in, the world that I'm in and the online marketing world, they talk about uh, go where your audience is, which is clearly smart. I mean, yeah. that's fine. But it also matters, like you said, about where you're getting out of it as the entrepreneur. Like what are, are the people yeah. on there giving you anything good? Are you able to find great people and great ideas? That matters. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And another, another why too is LinkedIn, if you're on there, you're able to learn a little bit more about so my thing if you haven't realized yet it's just just people right i love people and i love knowing about them and getting a little more insight into their lives so before i connect with somebody on linkedin i get to see their past jobs and i get to see their interests and i get to see where they're from and i get to see where they went to school and you don't have that sense of 
Yeah. I guess you don't, you just don't have that with the other platforms. You, you get to see their pictures or you get to see a little bit of their background, but you don't see who they are kind of like you do on LinkedIn. And just, you know, so, so you guys know a little bit of tangible evidence of how much the focusing on LinkedIn solely did for me and my business and, and my reach and my visibility. Like I said, I had a couple hundred followers or connections when I first started, um, which was only about a year and a half ago. And now that I've gone full steam ahead on LinkedIn, I'm at over 21,000 at this point. So it's been a really nice journey of putting out content and, and getting people to you know, follow along who are, who are also very like-minded. Right. That, that is incredible. That is huge growth in a year and yeah. a half or well, in any, any time actually in 10 years, that's, that's a decent amount of growth mm. on social media. That's impressive. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Okay. I love that. Um, okay. Let me check my notes here. I want to see what we're going to, yeah. um, okay. So, well, you kind of already talked about your favorite things about LinkedIn, but I was going to mention oh, there's more, there's a lot more. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's tons. And something yeah. I wanted to throw in about LinkedIn, that's just like, a feature that is cool because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people don't know this for now. I know things can change with social media, but for now, March of 2020 on LinkedIn, you guys, when you post something, p- other people that are not your first connection can see it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like that on other platforms. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Like, so you and I are first level connections. Mm -hmm. And so like, if I commented on something that you posted, somebody I'm connected to might see your post simply because of that chain, that connection. That's so cool. You guys, that's, that's just not the case anywhere else, but there's lots of other cool things about LinkedIn. Like any other favorites of yours? Yeah. Little, little features like that. I would say not only is it just with posting, but tagging friends in certain posts, and then you can tag that person and then their network sees you, right? So you, you message a couple people, hey, I'm doing a post about gratitude today, and I wanted to share how grateful I am for you. So I tag Brittany and I tag you know, a couple of my friends, right? And then that post that I shared about gratitude goes out to their network. So maybe somebody sees it and they say, wow, I want to I say I'm grateful for somebody. So then they tag some people on your post, right? And then your post is getting all the visibility from all these other people and you get to be seen as somebody who puts out good content and obviously has um, you know, a wide reach. So that's a, a big one is the tagging feature. And then the other thing on LinkedIn that I really like is, it's not a feature, but my favorite part about LinkedIn is personal messaging, right? So anybody who, if you're putting out content or if you're following people's content, um, you can just click on their name and send a personal message if you're first connections, right? Wow. So that's that's how I've gotten almost all of my opportunities have been through personal relationships of just, like I said, looking into somebody's background a little bit, figuring out how I could add value to their lives and then making a connection by saying, hey, can I promote your book or can I, uh, you know, do something for your charity organization, right? Um, and then it's it's like this this connection that's very long lasting. Right. I was actually going to ask you that that question about sending, you know, yeah. the private messages uh, like that. So you yeah. tend to use that a lot because, right? Yes. Because I mean, then you're really talking to the person directly. Yes. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the whole the whole thing, right? And that is to me with how focused I am on human connection and how I'm kind of trying to go the opposite of, of the 
age that we're in with automation and tools and techniques and social and you know even social media marketing strategies and tips that are like you can get x amount of of people to see your post if you use this new tool right like that's amazing <laughs> that's amazing if if that's the goal but but for me it's really just about you know i want to get x amount of people who i have personal interactions with right and so that that private chat feature is so important for that and like i said the way that i start those private chats is is usually by saying something that i know about the other person which again is is why linkedin is so beneficial because it gives you some information that you can build upon right yeah that's that's so true and um yeah i i uh i those different tools and there's weird things out there and and kind of robotic things for social media like you said a lot of automated stuff and yeah i just i don't know i don't use any of them um yeah i just feel i feel the same way as you it's like it's not easy, but anything worth doing isn't usually. And, uh, right. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, to make those actual connections with real people yeah. is, is key. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, 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 so important. It's like, I can't even tell you what it's led to for me. I mean, I can, if you want, but they're long. <laughs> well, I do want to know. So yeah. it, of course this applies to anybody really with any kind of business that they choose to take on LinkedIn the way that you did. But yeah. in, your, in your case, I do want to know like mm-hmm. how you handled it because you're talking about more, it's, it's on the creative side. And so you're yeah. really trying to talk to people about your book and something that you created. Sure. So mm-hmm. how did you, I don't know, talk about that and how yeah. it impacted you and the book and the whole, whole deal. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give like a two prong approach here, right? So one is about visibility and reach as a content creator. And then the other, because I was doing that, it's turned into my sales strategy for the book, right? So I'll start with the reach as a content creator. And my number one thing about being on LinkedIn is if you really want to grow on LinkedIn, consume content and be an active consumer of content before you create any content. So what I mean by that is follow a couple people who you like, and go to their posts. And instead of saying, I agree, or this is great, or true, (laughs) say something super meaningful. Say, if the post is about, you know, having better productivity at work, say a story about a time that you stopped drinking coffee, and all of a sudden, you realize that it was because you had better sleep habits, that you're more productive at work, and you won an award, and this and that, right? Something meaningful in the comments because what that does is that makes first of all the person whose content it is probably realize who you are and this person probably has their own following right and they'll be more willing to talk to you and you can get advice from this person that's what i did and then secondly because people who are who are following and connected to this person will see this amazing comment on this person's content and they'll be more likely to talk to you or follow you or connect with you or want to talk to you, right? So it just creates this this domino effect if you're making that one meaningful comment instead of just reading and saying true or liking it just to just yeah. to do that, right? It's, it's not the plat it's not the platform yeah. where you scroll, 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 like, scroll, like, scroll, like. Yeah. It's not that's not this is not what LinkedIn is. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So every day I do about five to seven meaningful comments on people's content before I post my own. So I, I did that for a couple of months. And, you know, next thing I knew, I, I had all these people who sort of recognized who I was just from the comments I was making on people's posts. And then 
when I started creating my own content, I reached out to some of those names that were very familiar. And it's also very important to be intentional about remembering names and remembering people and even putting them in a spreadsheet like I did, right? My life network I have in a spreadsheet and saying, you know, I connect with this person at this time. So it seems very tedious, but it's not because it's people and that's what I love to do. Um, And then I just reached out saying, hey, I'm going to create some content if I could get some support, you know, if you enjoy it, make a meaningful comment, just like we always do on other people's posts. And little by little, um, that's what I did. And I, and I started to grow and then I grew with other people. And now I have this little, you know, network of, of we're all growing together and it feels like a team. So I'm not out here alone. And there's just so many benefits to that strategy as opposed to just, I'm going to put out content and see what happens, which, which is fine when you have this built in already. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. You're yeah. if you're building it, or or especially if you're starting out, that's such mm-hmm. that's such a good tip to go ahead and just engage with others first in yeah. a meaningful way. I've even yeah. heard um, a good idea on that with the comments on LinkedIn is for, like taking your own comments on other people's posts and turning it into a post itself. It, yeah. Like that's um, how basically that's you don't have to do that, but that's yeah. how insightful your comment should ideally be. <laughs> right. It's so true. And then and then you give attribution to whoever's post it was at first. And like I said, I, I wasn't following the, you know, million the Ariana Huffingtons and the and the Gary Vaynerchucks. I was following people with like five thousand, ten thousand connections and basing it off of their content because they were people who were in the grind as well. And they were responding to the personal messages that I was sending to them because they want to influence, they want to inspire, they want to help other people as they are looking to grow themselves, right? So I was able to get those people on the phone and say, hey, do you have any tips for me? And uh, this is all that I've learned through all the people who I've chatted with and connected to. So that's the visibility side. We can get more into it if you want, Brittany, but in order to give a a different approach for business owners out there. I've used LinkedIn to create my sales funnel. Just 100% personal connections on LinkedIn are what have led me to selling my new book. And because for the last year and a half, I've been so intentional about making sure to remember every single person who I've ever commented on or had liked my comment or, uh, you know, had a post that I really connected with, you know, I've reached out to them saying, Hey, I've got a book coming out and we were very like-minded people. So if you'd be willing to support, and and it's a different message flow than this, but if you'd be willing to support or even just, you know, give me a a word of encouragement, um, I would love you to be on, on my team for this endeavor. Right. So because I've been able to, to gather so many connections, I reach out to about for a couple months, I was doing 100 people individually a day. Now I'm doing 50 people individually a day, just offering some sort of ad value. So free chapters of the book, or I'm offering a workbook you know, about how to live a cloud nine life, just something that I can give to them that they can get something from. And then after that, I reach back out and I say, if you enjoyed this, and only if you enjoyed this, then please, would you be willing to pick up a copy of the book? Because for me, I, I want to sell the book. You know, I'm an author. I'm an author first and then a coach and a speaker, whereas so many other people are like coaches and speakers and and they just happen to have a book. 
like I really want to sell the book. So that's, that's my thing. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's, it's, I've created my whole sales funnel based off of the connections I made on LinkedIn. Wow. I, that is so awesome. So you, do you also feel like, do you feel like other parts of like, so say the, the speaking side of, of your business, do yeah. you feel like it also like, is it multi, you know, beneficial LinkedIn? Yeah. Are, you, are you seeing it everywhere all over? Yeah. So quick story about the speaking side of things. Um, and this isn't so much, this could be anybody on LinkedIn, whether you have five connections or 5 million. I used LinkedIn in order to get two TEDx talks in the last year. So for speaking, it's been really beneficial because obviously TED is a great platform to deliver a message. And the way that I did this was, I already said it to you guys, I found the organizers of a couple different TEDx events. And instead of going down the same route that everybody else does of just applying online and making a killer application and hoping for the best, (sighs) I reached out individually to the organizers of the events and I looked at their backgrounds and I, you know, for example, one was a teacher. So I catered my pitch to the fact that her students could really gain something from my presentation. My first TED talk was about this comfy morning routine, yeah. right? How to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, how to have yes, energy. I watched it. I liked it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, how to have it in the morning. So that was my, my message to her that it would be really helpful if kids had anxiety coming into the classroom or it could even be helpful with some of her teacher friends who were coming into first period and not, you know, not having a full plate of energy. Right. So that's what I said. And I I sent her a a book and I I shared my message and was ultimately invited through a LinkedIn conversation to give a Ted talk there. And I didn't have to apply or anything like that. So that was an amazing opportunity in the speaking world, which came from LinkedIn. That is so powerful. I absolutely love that story. It just yeah. it just proves that the what is actually possible that and and beyond yeah. with social media. That's a thing yeah. that I talk to my audience about a lot. Just in general about social media is like, why mm-hmm. not? We have we have this amazing thing at our fingertips. Yeah. Why not use it to make an impact? Why not use it to do something really cool and, and right and, or even just something fun you've always wanted to do? That's right. Um, you know, there's a lot of. Um, kind of social media haters out there. Oh, mm-hmm. social media sucks. It's just this and right. that, whatever they want to say about it. But bottom line is that if you shift your perspective and you use it for good right. for your mm-hmm. own business and for others, yeah, it's gold. I exactly. Mean, yeah. yeah. It's about the narrative, the story you're telling with it, right? Uh, always, always, always. And, and just to piggyback on what you said, like, why not, right? especially with outreach, because I've mainly been talking about using LinkedIn as an outreach tool for sales, for talks, for books, whatever it might be. I always think about this phrase that my mom always had for me growing up. And it was, what's the worst that can happen that they'll say no. And until recently, we changed that phrase a little bit because it's not just that they'll say no, but if you reach out to somebody on LinkedIn and you are cold and aggressive and you have that salesperson mentality and you're just looking to get something out of the other person, then it's not just that they'll say no, but maybe they'll say never and they'll tell a friend to say no, or they'll make a post about you saying, don't ever listen to this person. Right? So we've since tailored that phrase to say, what's the worst that can happen when you present yourself in the best way, then it's just that they'll say no. 
Right. So don't forget to just present yourself in the best way. Don't you don't just go saying, Hey, I've got this new product where connections on LinkedIn, you better buy it. You know, right. at least have a, a good approach and a, and a positive mindset and a, a very cordial way of approaching somebody if you want them to be on your team for whatever it is that you're trying to promote or get out there. Right. Well, and I think that you're, you've shown that you have a great balance of, because a lot of times people will lean too far one way or the other. And what I mean by that is too far into the buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing, or mm-hmm. too far into, I'm just here to be friends. I'm just right. here to talk, you know, but right. I feel like you're showing nice balance in a little bit of both. because you said, mm-hmm. I, I, of course I want people to buy my book. That's what I do, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> but you know how to do it the right way. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. I have, um, I had some in my past, some network marketing experience uh-huh. and luckily I met some really, really nice um, people. So yeah. I got something good out of the deal. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't exist anymore, but yeah, but yeah, unfortunately I, I witnessed people that were so-called leaders, you know, in, in the company that trained people to basically do what, what we were just saying that you shouldn't do. Right. So if you've been told that you need to, <laughs> if you have a bad feeling about what someone has advised you to do on social yeah. media about reaching out to people, you're probably right. It's probably yeah. not the right thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no. <laughs> um, okay. Let me check my notes here. We've talked about a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah. I do want to, I want to talk a little bit more about the book and all that in just a second, but I just want to make sure on LinkedIn, like we had any, I think we covered it all. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Um, everything. Yeah. I mean, I can yeah, talk gonna... about LinkedIn all day, but <laughs> the, at the, at the end of the day, my, my final message would just be to whether you're going to be a, a content creator on there or not, or a consumer on there or not, at least use LinkedIn before a meeting, before an interview, before, anything with a person that you're meeting for the first time, just to know a little bit about them. Because think about for you, right? If you, if you come to a meeting and the opposite end says something about you that shows that they did their research or shows that they care about who they're meeting with, that feels really good. That feels really special, right? So at least use it to do a little bit of like modern day friendly stalking you know, yes. to, to find something good about somebody, you know, whether you're from the same hometown or you're, you have a similar skill or endorsement or a similar volunteer experience that you did. Right. I think there's always a way to make some sort of connection or, or that'll help build the relationship. Right. I agree with you. Do, do you think that, okay. Do you think that when people, you said earlier, um, the way you like to do it, you like to go and engage with someone else's content, several other people's content before you yeah. then post your stuff. Um, do you think that's a good approach for somebody who's starting, just starting out on LinkedIn and really wants to check it out and try it out? Do you, f- I've, I mean, cause I kind of feel like that's a good idea to, to look and get a feel for the content that's out there and start engaging yeah. with those people before you start blasting out tons of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And just to preface it, it does come down to why do you want to be on LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to just be on it to make very strong, like a very strong 15 connections, you know, to people in the industry? Are you on there to find a new job? Are you on there to promote your business, your personal brand, right? So figure out the why first and foremost. Um, But then, yeah, if, if it is to, to share a message, then learn a little bit how other people are sharing their message, right? And learn from people who are at the, the, the forefront of your industry or they are 
definitely people who excel in whatever world that it is that you're coming from. If you're selling socks, you know, look up the CEO of a sock company and check their LinkedIn presence, see what kind of posts they're making, right? See what kind of posts their company is making and try to see what works for them and what doesn't and how can you differentiate. And uh, yeah, so I always love being a consumer first before I become a creator. Right. Okay. That's really, that's really going to be helpful for a lot of people. Um, okay. So before we, before we wrap this up, I want to, uh-huh. I want to let, give you a chance to kind of speak to an audience member out there. I just have a feeling somebody, probably a lot of somebody's need to hear this about like, you know, like you said, you, you made that leap and changed your life and your profession and you're doing this creative mm-hmm. stuff and, and yeah. you're following talk to somebody that maybe wants to do that and they're not yet. Maybe they're scared. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just share my favorite quote and it's the beginning quote of, of my book. And, uh, it's out there in many different variations, but my favorite variation is from Ed Milet. And he said, somebody once told me the definition of hell. And it's that on my last day on this earth, the person who I became will meet the person who I could have become. And those two people are total strangers. But somebody also once told me the definition of heaven. And it's that on my last day on this earth, the person who I became will meet the person who I could have become. And those two people are identical twins. So for me, I always think about that definition of heaven, right? And when I look way, way, way into the future on my last day on this earth. I want to look back and very simply put, I don't want to regret not doing anything. Yeah, I want the fear of the what if to overpower my fear of the what. And what I mean by that is I never want to think back, what if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? I don't want to ever think like that. I want to go ahead and do it and experience it. And if it's a fail, then it's a fail. But um, you're going to learn from it, right? I don't think the purpose of our lives is to stay away from failure, to stay away from fear, to stay away from negative emotions. I think it's to experience those, learn from it, and then ultimately have those emotions heighten our sense of meaning, purpose, fulfillment, happiness, and so on. Okay. I, I don't know. We, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it on that note. I think yeah. that that's a good place to end it. That was beautifully uh-huh. put. <clears throat> I love that. Yeah. I love that, that, that quote, and you're so right. So please, I hope that inspires somebody out there that needed to hear that. I'm sure it will. Yeah, um, I hope so. Before we go, though, Jordan, I would yeah. like for you to please tell everybody how they can connect with you. So on LinkedIn, yeah. how they can find the book, of course, um, yeah. all that. Yeah, so really easy. I don't want to give too many choices, just like with the, the social media, right? <laughs> um, LinkedIn is the easiest spot for me to definitely answer. It's just Jordan Gross on LinkedIn. And the book is The Journey to Cloud9 on Amazon. And my website is journeytocloud9.com. That's all spelled out, journey, T-O, cloud, N-I-N-E.com. And find more out about me and the book and the coaching and the stories and all the interviews that I do are on there. So yeah, those three spots are, are definitely, you know, the best places to be. Okay. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jordan. Thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Okay, so I want to talk to you real quick about Canva. So I don't know about you, but I am not a fancy graphic designer. I do not know how to use the complicated programs and all that jazz. So that's why I use Canva. It has all the features that I need for social media posts. I can create banners. I can create uh, business cards, uh, flyers. I mean, everything for my own business, for my social media clients, for this podcast. I use it for everything. Literally, I, I love it. I'm obsessed. And I think that you are going to love it too. So here's the deal. Their pro plan has amazing features and it's only $9.95 a month, but you can try it free for 30 days. And if you do it on the podcast website, then you're going to be supporting the podcast as well. So go to socialsunshinepodcast.com, scroll down to the bottom and click on the Canva banner. And from there, you can sign up for your 30 day free trial. I hope you love it. Okay. How great was that interview with Jordan? He is such a really cool guy. I'm so happy I met him. Um, so happy he was on the show. I hope he'll come back and I hope you really got a lot out of that. I'm sure you did. Um, okay. So before we go, I want to do a social spotlight. Okay. Today's social spotlight is um, an Instagram account and it's called Keep Social Media Social, which of course I love that. Y'all know that's like one of my things. Let's be social on social media. Let's have fun with it. Let's interact with each other. Um, these guys are doing such cool stuff on their Instagram, sharing um, really good information about social media. And um, even most recently, giving what they call the five E's of social media uh, during this whole COVID-19 coronavirus situation, which are empathize, encourage, engage, educate, and entertain, um, which are great. I love all those five E's. They just really share some really good stuff. So um, if you're already following the show, of course, on Instagram, social sunshine podcast, the, at the social sunshine podcast, sorry, <laughs> and you're already following me at Brittany Crossing, you should definitely also be following keep social media social. So it's just at keep social media social. So definitely give them a follow, send them a message, tell them that you heard about them on the show, make some friends, learn some good information about social media and enjoy it. <laughs> All right. Um, that's it for today's show. You guys, I am going to get back to my, um, mom life of, you know, being a Renaissance woman. It's all good. I got it. And you do too. I believe in you. <laughs> I believe in me. Thanks for listening. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production. Funlovemedia.com. Bye.